Hey everybody, this is Pastor Court Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. If you would, turn with me to the book of Galatians chapter 5, Galatians 5, Galatians 5, um, affectionately known as the uh, chapter in the Bible where the, the fruits of the Spirit are known and made manifest. And as we brought out last week, in the same chapter that the fruits of the Spirit are made known and manifest, we also have the works of the flesh that are made known and manifest. Before we get to the fruit, we get to the works. The works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit, both in the same chapter. Knowing what is, sometimes knowing what is righteousness is knowing what is unrighteousness. Sometimes knowing what is right is also knowing what is wrong. Some of the best lessons in life that we will ever learn will be lessons on what not to do. I won't do that. I know, I know, I know that they don't like that. He don't like that. She don't like that. And sometimes in church, we, in our religious life, in our Christian life, we need to know what God doesn't like. God doesn't like that. Amen. These are things that God doesn't like. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 5, Amen. He says, I will begin in verse 13, Galatians 5 and 13. He says, for brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not that liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth after the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led by the spirit, ye are under the law. Now the works of the flesh are made manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And here's the delineation, you know, that, that, that line of delineation where we, we know that if we do these things, we shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That, that the, this is a list of stuff that we should be aware of, scared of, and, and be aware and intentional to make sure we're not involved in. Amen? And so uh, tonight will be works of the flesh number two. Can we pray together? Lord, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for the opportunity to bring the word. I ask you now that you would use this word, Lord, to touch our hearts and to grow us and mature us, teach us. God, that we may learn, that we may grow, 
And I ask you now, Lord, that you would let your word do its work, that we would not be only hearers, but doers also. And I give you glory and praise for it. Someone shout in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for standing with us. I want to uh, begin uh, again at our very, uh, our, the beginning of what I did last week and just run through very quickly. So last week I laid a little bit of a foundation on the works of the flesh, the spirit warring against the flesh and the flesh warring against the spirit. That there is always a battle there, always going to be a battle there. That's, it's never going to come a time in your life when you're over being flesh. Uh, the, the only time that you stop being flesh is when you pass away and your flesh is no longer a problem. All right? Until you die, flesh is going to be a problem. And so when we talk about the flesh and the spirit warring against each other, Every one of us in this room, we know exactly what that means. We know exactly what it feels like to want to do something, but the spirit won't let us or we feel the shame, guilt, or condemnation of what we've done because we know the spirit wasn't okay with that. Amen? And there, there, there is this continual battle in us that the flesh and the spirit are always in contempt and there's always a push and a shove from that. Now, we, we are about to hear from Paul and he's writing to the church in Galatia. Paul wrote the book of Galatians as he's writing to a church. The church is in Galatia. This is a church that is uh, full of ex Gentiles who have been adopted into the family of Judaism, which will soon be known universally as Christianity. At this point, it's not really known universally as Christianity. Uh, they will not be called Christians until Antioch, which is sometime close to around here. Maybe locally they're known as Christians, but globally, Christianity is not a thing. This is just Gentiles and Jews. This is just, are you a follower of Jesus? Or are you not a follower of Jesus? There's no, they don't know what we know now. Does that make sense to everybody? And so Paul is writing to these Gentiles that have lived a Gentile lifestyle. And now they're trying to come into, uh, you know, uh, following Jesus, becoming into this new thing called Christianity. And Paul is teaching them how to grow in Christ. But they're also being taught from a Jewish perspective of, hey, you need to be circumcised. You need to do this, you need to do that. And there is a, there's a constant battle with these people because they don't know which way to go. And, and Paul is trying to teach them, hey, listen, if you, if you live under the law, then you, then, then you are liable for the law. And God has given us freedom. He said, however, don't, don't use that freedom as an occasion to the flesh. Don't, don't let the flesh run rampant. Because the works of the flesh will not be accepted in the kingdom of God. You know, just because we've been made free from the law doesn't mean that I get to go do what I want to do. Amen? And so, and so Paul is trying to bring understanding. And he's trying to teach. 
And he said, now let me make you aware of what the works of the flesh are. This is how the works of the flesh are made manifest in us. And it begins with adultery. And if you'll put that on the screen for me and follow along here very quickly, the first few that I hit last week. So adultery, and it is, uh, you see the original word that was used, and we see the original context, unlawful intimacy. Intimacy with anyone who is married other than your lawful spouse. So if you are unmarried and you are intimate with someone who is married to someone else, that is adultery. And if you are married and you are intimate with someone other than your lawful spouse, that is adultery. Adultery is pretty cut and dry, unlawful intimacy. He says that is, this is where he starts. This is where Paul starts. And it's unique to me that this is where Jesus starts too in Matthew 5. If you go to Matthew 5, you'll see when, when Jesus starts talking about the law, he, this is where he starts. He said, you have heard it said by Moses, your father, that you should not commit adultery. He said, but I tell you that if you even think about it, you've already done it. Right? So this is, Paul starts here, but even Jesus starts here. He, he, he says adultery, then he moves on to fornication. And when he gets to fornication, he, he points out that the, the word here used for fornication is pornea. If you put that on the screen for me, please. Uh, the, the, the word here that he uses for uh, fornication is pornea. And Jesus talks about the pornea code in the book of Matthew as well. He points out the pornea code that we find in the book of Leviticus. He brings that up. And this is illicit or unlawful uh, intimacy, unmarried or, or married. So fornication even encompasses adultery, uh, unlawful lust, de un unlawful desire, uh, unbridled desire. This also covers homosexuality. It covers incest, bestiality, pedophilia, and all of the surrounding sins. It all, it's, it's all covered in this. So when we, when we say fornication, you know, we automatically go to, oh, these are two people who are unmarried, you know, living together and being intimate together. That's, that's, our, that's our common thread of what we feel like fornication is. But when Paul wrote the word fornication, he used a, a word that he described as pornea. And when you look that word up, what we say today is pornography. That's where that word comes from. Sounds very familiar, familiar to you because it is a problem in today's society. But he covers, this is covering all unlawful or illicit intimacy. All unlawful. So that's man with a man, female with a female, man with a beast, man with a family member, a close family member, a, a, a nuclear family member, man with a, a, a child. It covers all of that in one word, fornication. Then he moves on into uncleanness. And you can and see the words here. I, I tried to go through these and say these words last week. Akatharsia. Mm. Okay, I don't know how to say that, but... It, it's what he was writing. This is what Paul wrote. And, and the reason that I, I did, I, I brought this out last week. I've heard the works of the flesh taught about many times, but I've never heard anybody go through original context and original text and bring out what each word meant in its original form. And when you do that, when you bring out the original context of each word, it goes a lot deeper than what we think it does. So when Paul's writing this, we see the word uncleanliness and we just think, oh, that's someone who's unclean. But watch what Paul meant. He meant impurity. Not only impurity, physical impurity, 
and mental impurity. Not only that the person was uh, filthy physically, but they were filthy mentally. And we all know people with filthy minds. Anybody got one yes and one amen? All right. But he also meant, this is what he meant as well with uncleanness, he meant luxurious or lustful living. Luxurious or lustful living. So what Paul meant when he wrote the word uncleanness is people who live in a luxurious way as to incite others to be lustful of their lifestyle. Okay. And, and last week it was the same thing, just silence. Be, 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 because we're living in that time when we all want to put forth this luxurious style of life who everybody wants to be, everybody wants to be me, and that is an unclean thought. It is an unclean, it is a work of the flesh. It is a lustful thought and it is an impure motive is what Paul meant when he meant, un, when he said uncleanness. And then he said, the next one was lasciviousness. This is as far as we got last week. Lasciviousness is unbridled lust, shamelessness and insolence. Insolence is repeated disobedience or just like a lifestyle of disobedience. And so unbridled lust, just no limitation, will do anything, just no, no boundaries and shamelessness or unbridled shamelessness where there's just no, 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 no care of how you look, what you're presenting, what it seems like. I, I told a story last week. I, I won't tell it this week. It, it, it made my wife nervous. That's probably why she left right now. Um, uh, she was like, I was just about to get up and leave, and tonight she did. Um, but we are living in a time where people are just shameless. They'll show anything, put anything on display. Matter of fact, the more provocative, uh, almost the, the, the more they feel like I'm, I'm, I'm living my best life. Right? It, it, it makes me happy. And, but that is a work of the flesh. Paul is writing that this is a work of the flesh. And again, again, you shall not inherit the kingdom of God, which is the most important deal. Now, I made this point last week. I'm going to make it again. So far, up to this point, people may say, well, Pastor Chavis, I've, I've done those things. I, I've committed adultery. I've, I have fornicated. I, I have had unclean, unpure motives. I've had unbridled lust. I, I've done those things. Are you telling me that because I've done those things that now I can't inherit the kingdom of God? What Paul is telling them is that he's telling them don't walk in these things. And so if you're walking in that, yes, you are in trouble. If God came back right now and you're living a life where you're continually fornicating, committing adultery, have a problem with pornography. if, If this is a thing that you are now walking in, yes, you need to check your spirit. You need to get to an altar. You need God to change your life because you will not inherit the kingdom of God. But if this is a past thing, something that you did in the past and you're not walking that way anymore, you've asked God to forgive you? Absolutely. But are you walking in the flesh or are you walking after the spirit? This is something that you continually do, then there is a problem. So now, uh, in the next few moments that I have, I'm going to get through a couple more here. The next one we're going to go to is idolatry. Everybody say idolatry. Yes. And uh, idolatria. Idolatria. Well, I don't, I don't, again, I try. I try. But it's, I definitely know that's not right. Um, but again, 
I wanted you to see the, the real word, what was the word that was used, the phonetic pronunciation of it. It is image worship. Idolatry is image worship. Any, any image that you would worship or that you would have reverence for, any kind of image. And, and we, you know, we, as far as most Christianity, we don't necessarily have an image that we worship. I believe that some do. I believe that some people worship crosses and they wear them and hold them up and, and, and they'll worship that. Or, or they use it as a form of their worship. I believe that there's some Christianity that they, you know, hang up pictures of, of Mary, hang up pictures of Jesus, and they pray to those things. That's image worship. You know, there's, there is an image of uh, Mary in, um, in Rome that literally the, the toes of Mary are gone because people have kissed the feet of Mary so many times that the toes are literally gone. Now imagine how many lips it would take to wear off stone. COVID much? I ain't kissing. That is image worship. That is idolatry. God does not like that. God is not pleased with that, okay? That is that, that's something that even within Christianity, now we know very, we're, we're clear that there are a ton of other religions that deal with this. Like we're, we're clear with that. We know that there's all kinds of different religions. They have their different images or different relics that they worship, whatever. But even in Christianity, we have idol worship. Right. And so worship of false gods, involvement in feast in honor of false gods, being involved in some kind of activity that would honor a false god. Right. And so this happened, uh, you know, many, many years ago, but there was a big thing where people would do these like 5K marathons and it would, you know, throw, throw, you know, color on people as they ran. I, 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 I did one. I, right here in Atlanta, I did it. It was a color called a color run. That's what they call it, color run. You do the five deal, whatever. Well, it kind of came out that like they this was a this was like a Hindu ritual that like people would this was like a Hindu thing and and they kind of bled over into and so this is what Joshua. And if if you read the book of Joshua, G, God told Joshua. He said Joshua. He said be be very careful when you interact with the people of this of this of Canaan. He said unless. He said, be, be, just be very careful because they may give you meat that they've offered to a God. You may not know it. And he said, you actually may take a covenant with them unaware. So it's good for us to kind of be like aware of these things. I, I, I actually prayed after that when I read that article about this, about the color run. And I, I was like, Lord, like if I was wrong, please forgive me. I, I, I was innocent in my thought process. I thought it was just a fun thing to do. But if this was a, if this was a thing, if I was involved in this and it was too you know, to celebrate an unknown God, my bad. Like, I, that's, not what I'm, that's not what I was there for. But we got to be careful, right? Because I don't, I, I don't want to be involved in idolatry. But it's also the worship of mammon. And mammon translated as treasure or riches. Worshiping money or worshiping things. Worshiping cars, Lamborghinis. Worshipping suits and ties. Because like I know some dudes that got some nice cars and they worship those things. Clean them, take pictures of them. You know, I mean, they worship those things. I don't care what nobody says, that's worship. But I also know people that go to ball games and worship. They, they worship there too. But I also know one God apostolic preachers that worship their shoes, their Rolexes, 
their suits. And, 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 and I've, I've asked some of them, I say, hey, bro, how, how can you wear a $5,000 suit? I just don't understand that. The Bible literally says costly array. That is costly array. I'm, 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 not trying to be, I'm not trying to be mean or whatever. I'm just saying, they were like, well, I don't smoke, I don't drink. Stop. What? That's your excuse? You don't smoke, you don't drink. What are you talking about? God don't care about that mess. That's not what he said. God didn't say, well, if you don't smoke, you don't drink, you can get to do this. That's dumb. That's ignorant talk, okay? That's, God don't care about that mess. Well, I said, well, I buy, I buy expensive stuff, you know, because I don't do this and I don't do that and I don't. That may work for me, but that don't work for God. You say, God, well, you know, God, I, I did this over here, God, because, you know, I don't do that stuff, so I did this instead. What? If it's, if it's not okay, it's not okay. Worshiping that stuff, honoring that stuff is idolatry. Ain't making, everybody ain't going to be happy with this. All right, let's move on. The next one is witchcraft. Somebody say witchcraft. Now, this one's very interesting to me. When you start digging into, like, because when, when I say witchcraft, we're thinking warts on noses, a, a cauldron. You know, we're thinking, you know, cats. That's why I don't like cats. Because when you think of witchcraft, a cat comes to your mind. It's, I'm not a cat person. That's, that's a joke. Some of y'all got problems with that. I'm just, I'm just joking. Got a cat, not a witch. I'm just saying. When, when we say witchcraft, we have an idea of what witchcraft is. Let me tell you what Paul is talking about. First of all, notice the first word, pharmakia, which we get our word from, pharmacy. It is the use of magic. Obvious. That's, you know, the cauldron and the whatever. The use or administration of drugs. Now, I don't know how deep down this rabbit hole I really want to go. But I will say this. If you have to use drugs to get through the day, I would, I would pray about that. I would pray about that. I would just say, Lord, if I'm wrong, help me. I don't want to do this. Or if you're addicted to some kind of drug, See, the Native Americans, I'm Native American. Native American, some of y'all thought I was Spanish. I'm Native American. <laughs> I, don't mind, I don't mind being, you know, mistaken for, for Hispanic because I think, it's, I think it's beautiful. But I'm not, sorry. I wish I, and sometimes I wish I was because I could speak Spanish and then I could get around, you know? <laughs> if, and like, if I go to Miami, no one will talk English to me. No one. And then when I say I don't speak Spanish, they're just like, then they won't talk to me at all. Like, Ugh. I, but I'm not even Spanish. Okay. Native Americans would use medicinal, you know, peyote and medicinal uses to get the spirit to speak to them. They would fast and they would go into sweat huts and they would introduce teas and all kinds of remedies so that they could have, you know, visions. Witchcraft. That's a work of the flesh. This is what happened when Saul went to the witch of Endor. I'm convinced, and it's not an actual word or scripture that says this, but I believe that when Saul went to the witch of Endor, she gave him something. Or she herself took something to be able, she conjured up the spirit of Samuel. 
Read it in your Bible. This is in your Bible. Saul went to a witch. The witch called up the spirit of Samuel, and the spirit of Samuel had a conversation with Saul. Y'all thought that was just in the movies. No, that's in your Bible. That happened in real life. So I know it's real. If it wasn't real, if it was just movies and books, it wouldn't be in this Bible. So we need to be careful how we use and administrate drugs. And it's also the use of sorcery or curses. Now, most of us in America, most of us in America, this is really not a huge thing for us. Medicine is. We have abused medicine. Completely and totally abused it to the point where most of America is on something. And most of it's doing more damage than the actual problem that the person has. That's why when you watch a commercial, it's like, it'll help you do this and help you do this. At the end it says, may cause bleeding, may cause your eyes to fall out, may cause your nose to fall off. If your teeth fall out, call us. If you're feeling sleepy, call us. And it's, like, and it's like a whole nother minute of some dude talking real fast, like if your leg falls off, if you t this may cause toenails to fall off, this may cause bleeding, this may cause death. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I just, I just had a headache, bruh. I'll live with the headache. That's witchcraft. <laughs> but in, in, in other countries, America not so much, but in other countries, sorcery and curses is a huge thing. There are, it's very common. It's in everyday life. There's shamans and holy men and medicine men who people go to in, in other society, other cultures are still very, there, there's a lot of Jamaicans in this room right now. And the Jamaicans will tell you, back on the island, there's a lot of that little stuff that goes on. And, and it's very common. Very, very common. There's, uh, there, there's other um, nationalities in this room. Back in their countries, this is a common thing. We don't see it a whole lot right here. Every once in a while, you'll see a palm reader here and there, if they still open. Most of them closed down because somebody came in and was like, hey, and they're like, how can I help you? You tell me. <laughs> you the palm reader. <laughs> Didn't you know I was coming? <laughs> Because we're, we just, we just that way in this country. But other countries, they deal with this on a daily basis. Other countries, this is something, sorcery, curses, the uses of magic. This is all witchcraft. Moving on. Next one is hatred. Somebody say hatred. Ekthra. Again, I don't have no more. To have or cause enmity, which is hostility or division. To have or to cause hostility and division. The hostile hating and opposition of others. When you just hate somebody and you're hostile about it. Just hate. It, hating someone is a work of the flesh. And Paul, when Paul's writing this, he's also not talking, he's talking about one-on-one. -on -one. Brother against brother, or you against someone you don't even know, or being, he's also talking about being in opposition or hatred toward God. Now, we are living in a time where we see people openly against God. Openly. Just against God. More importantly, openly and against Jesus. 
Like, they, they don't really care if you're religious or you believe in stuff. It's Jesus. Jesus is the problem. Did y'all pick up on that? I mean, I mean, you can be religious and you can have your belief. You know, it, if you walk into a room and you say, you know, I just believe in the higher power. I, I just think there's something bigger out there. Oh, you're cool. But you know what? If you say, you know what? I believe that Jesus is the only one. He's the, he's the truth, the way, and the life. No, no one's getting in but by him. Now we got a problem. Right? Don't worry. This ain't new. It's the same thing happened in Acts chapter 4 when Peter and John healed that dude sitting by the gate. They said, listen, we're cool with you preaching. Just don't preach in Jesus' name. You can preach and you can heal. Just don't do it in Jesus' name. And so when Paul's writing about hatred, he's writing about that too. Hatred toward God. Hatred toward people. If you are in this room and you hate somebody, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Now, if you hated someone, but you learned how to get over that, hey, we've probably all been there before. I've, I've hated people before. I, I know what that feels like. Absolutely. But I grew up, and I got a hold of God, and I realized that that, that stupid hatred was going to send me to hell. And I, I'm not walking in it, right? I'm not walking in it. I'm walking after the Spirit. I'm not walking in the flesh. And every one of these ain't going to hit all of us, but it, it may hit somebody. You say, you know what, you're right, I do hate that person. I do hate that guy. I do hate that girl. I, I hate her. Why you hate her? Just because she's pretty. I just hate her. I've had to check myself because there's some guys with some nice hair. <laughs> now I find myself just hating on people that got nice hair, and I'm like, look at, that, all, look at all that hair. Look how mean he is to it. He ain't really comb it good today. If I had hair like that, I would talk to it. I would be kind to it. I'd pet on it. And look at all that hair he got, just being all beat to it. Just coming here looking all raggedy. Oh, and I'm like, Lord, check my spirit, Lord. I, Lord, I'm sorry about that, Jesus. Hey, I'm saying that we all got our problems. Just know if you got good hair and you ain't taking care of it, I got a problem with you. Take care of that hair. Because one day, it might just get up and leave. And you don't know what you got till it's gone. Holy Ghost. Lord, help us with hatred. All right, I got time for a couple more. We're going to move on. Variance. Somebody say variance. Variance. Variance is uh, one of those words that we don't use a whole lot. So we need to know what it is. And it is to be quarrelsome. To be quarrelsome. To like to fight. Loving to debate. And to be contentious or disagreeable. Now, I know you don't know anybody like this, but I know some people, just me, because, you know, I have a, a lot of friends, plethora of friends. I, ha I know some people, they live to fight. They want to argue about everything. If you walk outside and say, man, the sky sure is blue today, they'd be like, that's really more like violet. Okay. Well, I read an article that said, you know, the way the iris hits the sky is really not the color that you think it is, bruh. Are you serious right now? We're having this conversation. People who love to be quarrelsome or people who are always looking for something to be contentious about. Negative people who are always trying to find something wrong so they can make a point. Now, I know y'all don't know anybody like that. But if that's you, 
that's a work of the flesh, and God doesn't like it. God does not like people who live to be disagreeable. Here, here, here it is. You, you, disagreeable people, are in the same list with adulterers. Okay, that didn't, that didn't hit you like you need. Okay, okay. People who love to just be at odds, people who love to find the negative, people who love to debate, people who always want to have something going on, always be disagreeable. God sees you like he sees fornicators and murderers. You're in the same list. Same list. God doesn't have a special list for you. God doesn't look at you and say, well, you know, that's just how he is. That's just how she is. They, you know, they just always like to be they just always like to know something more than the next guy. If you climb Mount Kilimanjaro, then uh, that person climbed it twice, barefooted, with no food, <laughs> and they had to do it on one leg. You don't know nobody like that, but I do. I'm gonna move on. Uh, emulations, emulations. Another word that we don't we don't really use a whole lot. But, but listen to what emulations is. Emulation is to have zeal on behalf of a person or thing. To just be passionate about something. Envious or contentious rivalry. Now, uh, or contentiously defending anything. This is what Paul meant when he wrote this. this when, when Paul wrote this word, Emulations, which is a word we don't use. Emulations, when he wrote this, he meant it as for people who had zeal or an overwhelming passion and love for a person or thing. Now, I'm, I, when I read this, I was like, okay, like, hold on now. Like, I really feel like I have a zeal for Thai food, you know? You know, or I really like the Tar Heels, like a lot. And I have made some enemies because I have contentiously rivaled for my team. You know, when I read this, maybe I want to check myself a little bit. But you know what? I need to be careful that I don't get more, I don't get so jealous or contentious or defending my thing that God would see it as an emulation. Or that I would have so much zeal for something, so much love for something, so much love for some person outside of my wife. I'm sure that God doesn't mind me loving my wife like that. But even if my wife takes his place, he got a problem with it. I don't wanna have so much zeal and excitement for something that God says, that's an emulation. They love that too much. I'm jealous. Because me and you have to remember that the same God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. He's still the same God. And in the Old Testament, he told Moses, he said, Moses, tell my people that my name is Jealous. If they want to call me by name, tell them to call me Jealous. Because I'm jealous of them. 
I'm jealous of how they serve other gods. I'm, je I'm jealous of how they look at other things. I'm jealous of how they worship mammon. I'm jealous of how they worship each other. And maybe God's jealous of how you worship your team. And maybe God's jealous of how you worship your favorite singer or actor. I'm just putting it out there. I'm, I'm not saying that it's you. I'm just saying that when we find ourselves so in love with something that we would contentiously defend it, we need to be careful. We may be slipping into emulations. All right? One more. I'll do two more and I'll be done because it's usually quick. Wrath. We know wrath. Temper. Anybody got temper? Yeah, me too. That's the work of the flesh. I have to make sure I'm not walking in that. Because I've been known to have a temper. So court, you need to read that and understand that when that temper flares up, you're in trouble. God doesn't like it when you're passionately angry. Wrath also means irrational behavior. Getting so mad that your behavior becomes irrational. Punching holes in the wall. Sir, punching holes in the wall at your house, you are in danger of hellfire. He also calls it wine of passion. I looked this up, wine of passion, did he mean like, like being drunk? But no, he has a whole other thing for being drunk called drunkenness. We're going to get to that next week. But when he says wrath, he means the wine of passion, meaning being drunk with anger. Being so angry that it literally causes you to be like a drunk man. And he also writes, when, when, when he's writing this word, it means to be so drunk that you would either take someone's life or that you would take your own. That is wrath, temper, passionate anger, to be irrational. Listen, all these are works of the flesh. All these are works of the flesh, but we also see that when God's wrath is poured out, that he almost has irrational behavior. In the Old Testament, he's like, you know what, Moses? I'm killing everybody, starting over with you. And Moses is like, hey, calm down. Read in the Old Testament. He gets so mad, his wrath pours out. He says, that's it, I'm killing all of them. All three million of them, they all dying. And Moses, I'm starting with you. And if he'd have done that, we'd be singing, Father Moses had many sons. We wouldn't even know Abraham. True story. But, but Moses calms God down. He said, Lord, I tell you what, if you're going to kill them, got to kill me. He's like, ah, oh, man, my, my bad. I, have, I was having an irrational moment. We are made in his image. And he says, those things are works of the flesh. We cannot do that. We cannot be so drunk with anger that we would inflict harm on someone, either physically, listen to me, or mentally. Because you can hurt someone with your words just as much as you can hurt them with your hands. And there is a lot of mental abuse that happens in homes with angry men and women who will be so angry as to say something to hurt someone. Watch wrath. Last one for tonight. 841, so last one. This one right here is the one that got me the most. Strife. When I read strife, strife is something that we use today. It's, it's a common word, strife. And when I thought of strife, I just thought strife, you know. Uh, you know, like we use that word trife. You know, we say, you know, she trifling. 
I mean, I don't know, some of y'all don't know that word, but where I'm from, <laughs> folks be trifling. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a connection between, it's a connection with strife that you call, you, oh, he always calls it strife. Let me, what Paul, let me tell you what Paul meant. This is what Paul meant when he said strife. Strife is electioneering for office. It is self-seeking and self-promoting. When Paul said, so, so we see this word several times in the New Testament, especially like in the church of Corinth, when Paul's writing to the church of Corinth and he said, when I see you, there, I see that there's strifes among you. And what Paul meant was, I see that some of your leaders in the church are electioneering for position. They're trying to, they're trying to get better. Here's what, uh, we see this as well with Jesus' disciples when um, the Bible says they were arguing who would be the greatest in the kingdom. Watch the words in that scripture when the Bible says, and there was a strife amongst the disciples. A strife. And what he meant by that was they were electioneering who would be the most powerful in the kingdom. Well, I'm going to be the leader. And what Paul, what Paul is writing here is that when people self-seek and self-promote an electioneer to get an office, that's strife. It's also, he also meant by this word, partisan with disdain for lower classes or to be factious. And to be factious, factions, to have factions or to be factious, social grouping. The meaning like, you know what, I don't hang out with nobody that don't drive a car like my car, you know. Well, they, they shop at Goodwill, so, you know, I don't really hang out with them. Work of the flesh. Well, you know, I mean, I mean do you know where they live at? I mean, they're not, they're, not, they're not coming out here. You know, I would invite them to this dinner, but, you know, they broke. Oh, for real? I'm just saying stuff that I've heard. I don't know what y'all heard, but I'm just saying stuff that I've heard people say. That's being factious. That's social grouping. That's partisan with disdain for lower classes. You, you, are, you are causing a strife. And when you promote yourself and you self-promote, and when you say, hey, I want to be the leader, God don't like it. That's a work of the flesh. And when you would tear someone down so that you may get the position, God said, that's a work of the flesh. And when you try to promote yourself and say, well, you know, I mean, I, you know. Listen, it's been done right here in the church. Right here. Look, I'm the kind of person that, like, I, lo I, I love to share vision. I'm, I'm always sharing vision. And I've had some people spend a long time with me, you know, hanging out, going to eat, just, just being, you know, friends, hanging out. And I've shared with people, hey, man, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Man, I'm excited. You know, God's working, God's doing this, God's doing that. And those people have went to other people and been like, yeah, you know, me and, me and Pastor was hanging out the other day. You know, we, we, we talk a lot, man, Pastor. He was, he was running some stuff by me. You know, he was like, you know, you know, saying, you know, he just asked me to pray about some things. And, you know, me and Pastor, you know, just hanging out. You know, we, you know, we, we talk all the time. You know, we go out all the time. Strife. Work of the flesh. That's not what happened. You're trying to make yourself sound good. Don't do that. That's the work of the flesh. I was just sharing vision with you like I want to share with anybody else. I'm trying to be excited. I'm trying to let you in. You know, I want you to be part of the ship. 
but, 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 but what I'd said and what we were talking about, you turn it around, made yourself sound good. Strife. Don't play me like that. Homie, don't play that. Uh, I love when I do stuff like that, and only a few of y'all laugh because... <laughs> Y'all know I was raised in the 90s. <laughs> Amen. Strifes. Emulations, variances, hatreds. I'm going to finish this up next week. But what I want us to understand is that there, is, there, there are things in our flesh that are grandiose in our minds. Huge, grandiose things. Murder. Fornication, adult. there are grandiose things. But brothers and sisters, there are other things that God put in the same list, the same category, the same paragraph that he hates just as much as those things. And we got to be careful. I got to be careful if I would get into a fight with a brother because he don't like my team and I don't like his. That's a work of the flesh. I, I got to be careful that I wouldn't hate someone. And maybe, maybe I could even sit here and justify why I hate them. God don't care. He don't care about your justification. If you hate him, you can't go. And then I would self-promote, self-seek, try to put myself in a position because I want position and power. And I would electioneer and, 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 and get around and let everybody know and kind of tear other people down to make myself look good. And that's a work of the flesh. That's my flesh working. And I got to be able to say, hey, I'm not going to walk in that. I'm going to walk after the Spirit. Would you stand with me? Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.